0: What's up you guys and welcome back to the televised podcast my name is anna and today we're going to be talking about all things supergirl batwoman the 100th episode of supergirl a first for supergirl and just some really really good things that happened on batwoman but also things that made me sad <laughs> so i guess to begin with we're going to talk about batwoman um it was a pretty good episode. It was a pretty solid episode. Um, it wasn't as good as, like, the past, uh... I mean, it was good. I'm not saying that it wasn't good. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, like, it... It It was good. It was good. It was fine. It was good. Um, I mean, I loved, 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 loved Alice in this episode because... I think she kind of knew, well, especially at the end of the episode, but I don't really want to talk about that yet, qu- quite yet. But she she knew, like, what games to kind of play with Kate, which was really, really fun to watch, uh, you know, just like as a viewer. And, you know, just to see the way that they play off of each other and things like that. So that was, that was really, really fun to watch. Um, I also really, really, really enjoyed... Sophie in this episode she was so good she was so fun to watch because she was like you know just dealing with all of the um all of the like kind of like the stuff that's like going on in her in her life like you know she's helping Batwoman she's kind of confused about these feelings that she's having for Batwoman she doesn't really know what to do with them and you know she gets caught out by Jacob Cain, who is back as the leader of the Crows, and and he says, well, you know, like, are you with me or are you against me, pretty much, and he puts her on leave. And if we've all seen Birds of Prey, we know that cops do their best work when they're put on leave. So we'll see what Sophie is about to do next. Um. Uh yeah, so I just I loved her in this episode. I also thought Jealous Kate was really fun. Uh, in the bar, um, Kate was kind of like getting jealous of of this uh woman, uh, flirting with Sophie, and Sophie looked amazing in the bar scene because Kate's gay bar opened, so that was awesome. Um, I also loved Mary and Luke in this episode. I thought they were so good. <laughs> They're just such a good duo, and I mean if they're not, I, like, low-key, I kind of want them to get together, I really would enjoy that, I think that'd be so, so fun, uh, you know, to see them get together, and to, you know, just, like, date, that'd be so cute, like, they would be so cute, like, they'd be so cute, because they're just, like, they have these, like, little will they, won't they moments, And I'm like, oh my god, these hets are, are great, like, they're great hets, anyway, so, I love that, um, the villain was really interesting. Uh, she was a really interesting villain. She was Nocturna, um, and she was a vampire, but, like, not really. (laughs) She used these fangs to distribute, I was trying to think of the right word to use, to distribute ketamine into her victim's system, uh, to, like, knock them out and paralyze them, you know, temporarily and, and, uh, tie them up and drain them of literally all of their blood. Because she... And I'm still unclear of whether she drank it or not. Like, did she drink it or did she just, like, you know, do, like, a, a home blood transfusion? Like, <laughs> still unclear about that. But, uh, because she apparently had this, like, skin condition where, like, her body, um... Uh, her skin would not, like, it was, like, she would get burnt like a vampire if she went out in the sun, and and she also had this other condition where her body couldn't clean her own blood, so that's why she had to get, like, new blood all the time. See, that's why I'm still unclear about if she drank it or not. Like, I don't think she was drinking it. I I think I think she was just, like, you know, doing a home blood transfusion, so that's interesting. <laughs> it was she was a fun villain though we didn't see her all that much which was, was kind of sad but it was it was really funny to like see kate kind of be like well you're not my type like <laughs> to see bat you know because now i mean everyone knows batwoman's a lesbian so villains are are available to flirt with her and you know what i'm, I'm down i'm down for that <laughs> it was really good though it was a really solid episode the last, again, like, kind of the last ten minutes of the episode kind of, like, ruined my whole night. Um, first of all, we have the scene with uh, Kate and Alice where... Because Alice ended up working with Batwoman to save Mary, who got kidnapped by Nocturna. But the reason that she got kidnapped was because Alice told her about the cure-all in Mary's system and in her, you know, in her blood... So, you know, (laughs) Alice is like, yes, I told her about it, but then I told you about it, and then you could save her. So it saved both of us in turn, like, which, yes, makes sense to Alice, but, like, Kate is not having it. Kate is not having it. And so at the end of the episode, she goes to see Alice, and she's like, well, so who told Nocturna that um, Mary has, you know, this, like, uh, whatever, the rose, whatever it's called, uh, you know, the cure-all in her blood. And, and, and Alice is like, well, who told you that Nocturne anew? Like, you know, <laughs> but it was just, it was a really intense moment where Kate decided to break herself away from Alice. She decided, you know what? I'm going, I'm, I'm, letting go of you, Alice. Like, you can be Alice, but you'll never be my sister. That Beth was the Beth that deserved to live. And I'm done taking responsibility for trying to change you. And so then Alice is like, but I want you, like, she literally said, like, what if I want you to fight for me? Like, you know, she, she wants Kate to fight for her to be good. Like, you know, she's just so stubborn that it, it, she just can't change and and you know obviously she feels like she's very wronged by Kate who could not save her the first time she's basically like what if I want you to save me like I want you to like fulfill your duty and save me for once because she couldn't save her the first time and so I think that that is was a really 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 interesting scene and I, I'm gonna come back to it later because for me, it kind of it actually it held a really really strong parallel with um, the last one of the last scenes of the hundredth episode of Supergirl, and I I will kind of um, go into that a bit more later because I just found the parallels between Alice and Lena and Kate and Kara to be like really interesting. Um, you know that they kind of both ended on the same note a little bit. Um, but before Batwoman closed out, uh, there was a, a pretty crazy thing that happened. Uh, so Sophie was up on the roof um, in fake Chicago. It was not Chicago. <laughs> they made it look like Chicago, though. Uh, <laughs> um, so they were up on the roof and, and she turned on the bat signal, even though apparently that is like outlawed or whatever like it's illegal to turn on the bat signal but Sophie did it anyway she went up there and she turned it on uh so Batwoman shows up and and Sophie says you know uh, my boss found out that I helped you and basically he said this job with the crows or Batwoman like this heavy ultimatum for Sophie, you know? And so Sophie tells Batwoman all of this and, and says that, you know, this is my dream job. Like, she gave up so much because really, you know, Sophie gave up Kate for this job. Like, she gave up happiness in a way for this job. Like, she gave up on being herself for this job, like, t- and to graduate, you know, the military academy, and, and she's like, I just don't know, you know, if I can throw this all away, and Batwoman says, you know what, I'll I'll keep my distance, you know, because I, I understand. I, I don't want you, and obviously, Sophie doesn't know that it's Kate, but Kate, you know, knows exactly what Sophie sacrificed to be a crow and, and for that job, and so she is more than willing to, like, step back and be like, yeah... You know, you don't have to do this for me. Like, I I won't ask for your help anymore. I won't help you anymore. I, You know. So, that was really interesting. But then it got even more interesting because Sophie kissed Batwoman. Oh my god. So, Sophie kissed Batwoman. And listen, I have to know. I know. I know that Sophie knows that it's Kate now. Like, she has to know. Because she kissed Kate a bunch of times. She's got to know that, that that's those are Ruby Rose's lips. <laughs> and you have to be able to tell that Batwoman's lips are the same lips that Kate has. Like, <laughs> And I know that she, I know that they did that whole like, oh, well, look, It's someone else. But even on Supergirl, Cat Grant still figured out that Kara was Supergirl, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) Sophie has to know. But it was such a great kiss. It was such a great moment. Um, I really, really loved it. It was awesome. It was a great way to kind of have a a final scene to the episode. Um, It wasn't the final scene, though. The final scene was of Mary putting everything together, which makes me so happy because she deserves to know she's Kate's sister. Come on. And, and, you know, I mean, if she's going to date Luke, then she's got to know what Luke is doing all the time (laughs) and where he hangs out. And it was just, it was so good because she put together like the fact that Kate had ketamine in her system and Batwoman got hurt by Nocturna. And then all of a sudden, Kate is talking to Luke in a little earpiece, you know, and, like, just all of this stuff just keeps piling and piling and piling. And then she looks at, like, the cover of the magazine that's like, Batwoman's a lesbian. And she's like, oh my god, my sister Kate is a lesbian. They must be the same person. And obviously, she is right. She figured the whole thing out, which, was so good. It was such a good moment cuz it was she's like, "Oh my god, Kate, you're Batwoman." Like it was so good. It was such a good moment. And I love um I love Nicole Kang who plays uh Mary. She's just so good as Mary. Um god, this whole cast is just amazing. Like you've heard me wax poetic a million times about Rachel Skarsten. Um but Ruby Rose as well, she's done so well, and she's really grown as an actress, and it's been so fun to see her grow into this role as Kate, kind of in the same way that we saw Melissa grow into her role as Supergirl, you know? It's, it's been a really cool um, experience to watch her kind of grow into this character and, and you know, kind of build up her acting muscles. <laughs> um and I I love I also love Megan Tandy who plays Sophie she's just so cool and she's so supportive like on Twitter and stuff so you know if you have a minute just send her send her some love because I I think unfortunately she is a victim of uh racism <laughs> <laughs> to to just put it bluntly um racism within the arrowverse fandom the same way that Candace Patton is and the same way that Ozzy Tesfaye is and the same way that McCod Brooks was and the same way that you know just like literally any person of color in the arrowverse is um especially when they're a love interest to the main superhero or to a main character um you know unfortunately i feel like she does fall victim to that so if you have any any time just like send her a supportive tweet because I think it it, you know just send her some positivity uh it's the least we can do especially for how cool she is and and how much she fights you know for Sophie and how much she loves Sophie and cares about this representation so much because just the way she talks about it like in posts and, and and interviews and things she's so passionate about Sophie and 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 about you know seeing her kind of grow into this character that can be really, really impactful for many, many people for many years to come. Because, you know, Sophie's experience is not singular. It's not like it's one person's. A lot of people have to go through hiding their sexuality. Like I said, hopefully, you know, guys send her some love and stuff because she really deserves it. Um, She's awesome. All right, let's talk about the hundredth episode of Supergirl. This episode, before I even talk about it. I just want to mention, and I I tweeted this uh, before I came in here to record this, but I also want to mention it on the podcast in case you don't follow me on Twitter or whatever, Um, which you should, at televised pod, follow me on Twitter, because if you notice that I missed an episode, I probably tweeted about it. (laughs) Anyway, so I tweeted that this, as of right now, which... It may change, but most of the time these numbers kind of stay pretty steady because people don't normally go back to like back rate the episodes. You know what I mean? So on IMDb, for the first time in its entire series, Supergirl has hit a nine rating. And if you go back and you listen to my, uh, it's it's a couple months. It's from a couple months ago. It's before season five started. I did an episode called "Let's Nancy Drew the crap out of this." <laughs> And it was a, a deep dive into the top 10 highest rated episodes of Supergirl uh, ba- on IMDb and also on Rotten Tomatoes and comparing the audience reviews and the audience scores to the critical scores uh, that the episodes had. Um, and so I said in that episode that Supergirl has never hit a 9.0 rating in any of their episodes ever not even a crossover episode because normally that's where shows like The Flash and Arrow and Legends like they always get like a boost in their in their ratings not TV ratings but in their like IMDB ratings um and Supergirl's always gotten a boost but never to a 9.0 I think the highest was an 8.9 for Crisis uh, on Infinite, no, Crisis uh, on Earth X Part 1, I think. I think that was the highest rated at the time that I recorded that. But now, the 100th episode, episode 513, It's a Super Life, has a 9.1 on IMDb. It's amazing. Like, it's so cool to see the show, like, kind of have this like triumphant moment where everyone's like yeah that was a really great episode and it didn't even have uh you know the flash or arrow like it wasn't a crossover episode it wasn't something like that it it was just an episode celebrating the show and like yeah we had a couple of returns like rain and monel and and win was in it and uh ben lockwood was in it but you know it was centrally about kara and lena so you, i th- i hope i hope beyond hope that the supergirl producers and the execs and the writers and whoever whoever looks at that stuff i hope that they take that into consideration because that was an episode focused all about supercorp all about their relationship and it got them the 9.0 that they were lacking the 9.1 that they were lacking so yeah, I I just wanted to mention that. Um, once season five is over, I am going to make an updated version of that uh, podcast, probably. <laughs> um, it'll be a deep dive right after the series ends, uh, or the season ends, I mean, right after season five is over. Maybe I'll give it a week, let the ratings uh, for the final final episode trickle in, and then I will make a new list of the highest rated episodes, because... I think, you know, some of the season five episodes have kind of snuck themselves up in there, especially, like I just said, it's a super life. It shot all the way to number one. So I'm really excited about that. I hope you keep an eye out for that. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Just wanted to mention that. So congratulations to Supergirl on their hundred episodes. Seriously, it's such an accomplishment, and I'm so, so happy that they've made it here because... I mean, I think I've mentioned this before, but I've been a fan since season one, and I was so, so scared that after season one, the ratings were really bad on CBS. I was like, shit, I'm never gonna see this show again. And CW saved it, and despite all the ups and downs the show has had, episodes like these remind me why I watch the show. It They really do. So, I mean, personally, I don't think it's the show's best episode. Um... Just because I I just don't think that it's their best episode. Um, But definitely, I think it's definitely worth the high rating. Definitely. So, in Supergirl, we start off with Mixie. We, well, we pick up from where we left off. So Mixie is at the door and he's like, hello, Danvers sisters, please invite me in because I am like a vampire now and I cannot just come into your home. I must be invited. Which is really funny because they totally like did, they like framed everything about Mixie around all of our complaints about Mixie. Um... You know, because obviously we were, like, really upset that he, you know, invaded Kara's space and, you know, wanted to marry her without her consent and just did all of this terrible stuff. And so now he's like, I'm all about consent. I'm all about respecting women. I'm all about respecting people's privacy. And he's been court ordered to help out all of the people that he has, quote, wronged. Has wronged a bunch of people, and Kara is the final person on the list. So he decides hey, Kara, I know what you have an issue with, and that is your friendship with Lena. You all need to fix it right now. And so he's like, you know what, guys? I'm just gonna take you through, you know, what's going on. So also, I thought it was really interesting that they kind of, like, framed this episode around re-watching Supergirl. They're like, hey guys, look, we've had a hundred episodes, you can go back and watch them. <laughs> They're on Netflix, even though they watch it on Mixflix, which actually was so funny. Um, but also, I liked that in the beginning, Alex is still there, because then later, uh, before this whole thing begins, Mixie snaps, and Alex and Jean go to play fifth dimensional paintball which is awesome um but Alex actually sees what happened in the Fortress of Solitude which was really cool because you know they she sees Lena you know yelling at Kara and she sees the line like I'm not a villain you shouldn't have treated me like one I thought that was really cool because that's the first time that Alex is seeing that like I'm sure Kara told her about it but to actually see it and to see how Lena responded like I hope that that kind of like Not woke something in Alex, but, like, kind of, you know, made her a little bit more sympathetic to Lena and her situation because, you know, like, Lena, it's not like she, like, well, I mean, you know, Alex didn't know the hurt, really, you know? She she didn't really. So she was able to really easily be like, let's just blow Lena up right now, <laughs> you know? So I hope that that kind of made her a little bit more sympathetic towards Lena and, and the pain that she's actually dealing with. Um, also, in this episode, Mix Spitalik is so funny. He is so funny. He is so funny. He's so funny he's so funny. It's literally, he is just hilarious the whole time. He is so enjoyable to watch. Anyway, we go into the season four flashback and Kara decides, you know what? Let's tell her before the whole thing with Mercy happens. And also let's tell her before the whole thing with the plane, because that was ridiculous. And Kara's like, oh, God, I'm a terrible actress. (laughs) She's reflecting on her acting skills. It's really funny. Um, So in the season four flashback, um, it's during the time in the episode where Mercy arrives. um, And so Kara, they're having their, like, big belly burger date kind of thing. And so, in the middle of their lunch, Kara just kind of goes on this, like, little mini rant about how Lena's a good person, and she doesn't have to, she shouldn't have to be cynical, because the world made her cynical, like, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and Lena's, like, looking at her like, Kara, what are you talking about? (laughs) Kara, what are you talking about? We were talking about something totally different. I don't know what you're going on about, and, uh, um... So Kara uh, then basically just, like, tells her straight up. She's like, Lex lied to you, your mom, like, Lillian lied to you, like, everybody's lied to you, and guess what? So have I. (laughs) I'm Supergirl. And so Kara goes off to stop uh, Mercy, and uh, when she comes back wearing a horrendous wig, (sighs) the wig is terrible, it's a terrible wig, so she comes back, she's wearing the wig, and (laughs) Lena is gone. And so, Kara, like in our reality, like current, Car- I guess we'll call her current Kara. Like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, so current Kara is like, well, what the hell? Where'd Lena go? And so it turns out that Lena went off to Metropolis to see Sam, which comes straight out of fanfiction. I have read so many fanfics where everyone's like, yeah, Lena would totally go see Sam after Kara, like, breaks her heart, you know? Which, so that was really cool. It was awesome to see Odette back. I missed her so, 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 so much. Um, So she t- t- tells Sam, like, Kara is Supergirl, and I just don't know what the real Kara, like, who the real Kara is, because Supergirl was terrible to me, but Kara was so nice to me during season three. And, Sam is like, listen, Lena, you were always the hero. You were always the hero. You were never the villain. And guess what? Like, you know, this is Kara's loss, you know, whatever. And so that night is the night that Lockwood flooded the air with kryptonite. So Kara goes crashing to the ground. And if we remember the way that it originally played out, it was. Lena, who came in with the, like, techno suit, with her Power Ranger suit, uh, to save Kara. Now, Lena is all the way across the country in Metropolis, and unfortunately, she does not have super speed. She cannot make it in time. So Kara literally dies. Like, we see Alex over her gravestone, saying, like, they're all so lost without her, all of this stuff. It was really upsetting. And Kara and Mixie were crying. It was really, really upsetting. Um, so Kara's like, no, 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 no. I'm not about to stay dead. That did not work. Let's go back further. So season three flashback happens, and Kara says, beam me up, Mixie. And, and Mixie's like, what, you don't have a catchphrase? And she's like, no. And he's like, well we'll work on that. (laughs) And he literally, he's like, girl, power. mm Nope. Nope. It's so funny. Oh my God. He's just so funny. So they got to go back before the huge fight uh, with Lena about kryptonite and before Kara sent Guardian to go check if Lena had any more kryptonite. And so she says, you know, I've always been Kara. And so they're they're skipping, 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 uh. And Monel never went back to the future. Which, if you ask me, that's the worst timeline. That is the worst timeline where Monel doesn't just leave. So he didn't leave, and uh. So they go to Sam's mom's house, and. Mixie says, I never understood what you saw in him, which was so funny, about Monel, And And um, it was kind of like a Caramel reunion that just turned into Supercorp. Like, it was so funny. Someone tweeted, like, oh, Caramel in 2020. And I'm like, yeah, but literally all they did was talk about Lena. Like, another win for Supercorp. Hello. And it was so good. Oh, my God. And... In her talk with Manel about Lena, Manel actually says, "Like Lena and I have a lot in common. Both of our families were really manipulative, blah 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 blah, as if it's the same thing, but it wasn't." Um, and Car but but to say like to have Cara's literally pretty much one like solid love interest that she had for like a season and a half because she's never had another love interest last that long the fact that they had her like basically one love interest compare himself directly to lena like hello what like what are you talking about (laughs) Like, at this point, again, at this point, if they are baiting me, this is the most cruel and unusual queer bait I have ever had to deal with in my whole entire life. Anyway, so what ends up happening is they're at Sam's mom's house and Rain still shows up. So they're out in the yard and they're fighting Sam or Rain, you know, and Sam's mom's come comes out and she's like, Sam, no, I know you're in there you're my baby and I'm very sorry. And it's all very Shakespearean. It's it's all real out there. It's all real dramatic. And so Rain is about to kill Sam's mom. But guess what? Lena rolls up and she's like pew, 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 pew. And she's got this like weird energy thing that, because she figured out a way to stop Rain without kryptonite. And so she takes Rain down, and she runs up to Kara, and she's like, oh my god, and Kara's like, Lena, you saved us from Rain, and Lena's like, yeah, and I did it without using kryptonite, and they're like, they're so happy, they're so cheerful, and then all of a sudden, Rain shoots Lena in the back, and she falls dramatically into the arms of Kara, into her arms of steel, and she dies. And then Sam dies and Monel dies. So everyone is dead. And Kara's like, Mixie, get me out of here. Like literally everyone that I like is dead. Like all of my friends are dead. Get me out. So then they go back to the drawing board and they're like, well, what about like earlier? But they're like, ah, that's too early, like, flew here in a bus is way too early, uh, too early, keep going, keep going, keep going, season two, and it's really funny because the one that they picked for season two is a flashback that we first saw in season five, like, it's not even a scene that actually happened in season two, which, (laughs) which I thought was really funny, like, What? like, why would they do that? I, but I guess, like, I guess it makes sense, but, like, what about after Medusa? Or, like, what about, dude, what about after episode five? That's one of my favorite Supercorp episodes because of the whole, like, Mrs. Doubtfire of it all, and if Kara had just come clean after that, I don't think Lena would have been that mad. I don't, because they, again, they really weren't even that good friends yet, like, I don't think she would have been that mad, but, still anyway I mean they probably obviously they're probably very limited by the wardrobe that they still had and the wigs that they could make as awful as they are and you know things like that so I mean I get it but at the same time like why to celebrate season two why would you pick a scene that we just only saw in season five. I get that it took place in season two, but we just only saw it in season five. Anyway, enough about that. So, um, this is the best timeline. Like, this is the best timeline. This is the best one. So, Kara's like, hey, Lena, you know, guess what? And she flies out the window, and Lena's like, "What? You're her? Like you're Supergirl?" And and Kara's like, "Ha! Yeah, it's me. <laughs> it's me." And <laughs> and it's so good. Like Car- Lena's like, "No, it's incredible. Like you're incredible." But why are you trusting me with the secret? And Kara's like, "Well, it's because you deserve to be trusted." Your brother and my cousin, they were they got it all wrong. They got it wrong, okay? And like I said, this is the best timeline. So Lena convinced Carr to get new bangs. Lena's the one that made her the suit. And so eventually Lena testifies against Lillian and Car is in the courtroom as well. And uh the guy's like, What is Supergirl's real name? And Lena says, I plead the fifth. And then the whole courtroom gasps. It's amazing. And Kara just, like, smiles at Lena. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) and, okay, so there's this post floating around about the fact that apparently you cannot testify and say that I, you cannot say I plead the fifth unless you're protecting yourself or a spouse, I don't know how right that is. I'm not a lawyer. If anyone out there is a lawyer or is familiar with US law in terms of pleading the fifth, please leave a long extensive comment on YouTube or just tweet me and I'll retweet it. But whatever, because I genuinely want to know and I couldn't find a solid answer because some sites say yes, some sites say no, so I don't really know. Some people said it only counts if you're in the military. Some people only said that it's not true at all, no matter what. I don't know. So, let me know if that's right, because otherwise, that would mean that Supercorp was married. And they didn't kiss! and I'm mad about it. So, uh, but anyway, so Lockwood then shows up to Le- it comes up to Lena and he's like, yeah, so basically, um, uh, my whole family killed themselves because they thought that Supergirl was going to save them because they're a part of the cult of Rao. <laughs> and okay, so listen, the first time I watched- the episode I was like oh cool. that's cool they brought Colville back I really liked that aspect of like well duh like she's like a god flying around like duh people would like create a cult and like worship her and so I really liked that and then the second time I watched it, I'm like wait a minute is this a dig at us but the more that I thought about it the more that it did not feel like a dig you know what I mean like because if you watch like The Last Jedi you watch The Last Jedi, and that shit is like spit in your face, we hate you, kind of like drag. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, you know, the whole like, Ray's parents are nobody. F you, if you theorized anything about that, you loser. And like, look, Snoke just got chopped in half. F you, if you theorized anything about that, loser you know, it all just felt really, really mean. Like in a, that came, like it came from a place of malice, you know, in The Last Jedi. But in this episode of Supergirl, it honestly kind of felt like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge that Katie was talking about a bit. Um, Just because, uh, you know, like to have kind of like us represented, like here, we see you guys. We know that you're around. You know, we know that this would be you if you were in this universe. (laughs) Because he's, Colville's like, and you know what? I had no idea that, you know, I thought that the power of a Kryptonian was, you know, unstoppable. But who knew that the power of a Lutheran and a Kryptonian together, you know, is even more unstoppable. Whatever he says. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's that's us. That's, uh, that's literally us. (laughs) But yeah, I just wanted to mention that I really didn't think it was a dig at us. Um, at first I kind of did, but I, you know. But anyway, so Lockwood kidnaps Lena because he's like, you know what? I need Supergirl to tell me her real name right now or else I'm gonna kill Lena and the cult guy, but I know you only care about Lena. And so, um, Kara smashes the table because they know that they won't be able to find Lena because Lex is helping them. And so Kara says to Win, you know, someone I love, like, you know, is in danger because of my identity. And Win's like, hey, it's okay. You'll figure it out. Like, just tell everyone we can handle ourselves, which he was clearly wrong. We will find out in a minute. So Kara reveals herself as Supergirl. It's a really cool moment, and she saves Lena. But then literally everyone else dies. Alex dies. Jean dies. Wynne dies. It's ridiculous because I feel like that wouldn't happen. But and Cat Grant dies. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Because it's just a bunch of Lockwood cronies. Like, like why? <sighs> like, why can't Kara just stop them? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's literally, like, a militia, and then you have, like, Jean Jones, a literal alien with, like, superpowers, and then you have Alex Danvers, a literal FBI agent with, like, gun skills and karate and stuff, and, I mean, Wynne, I believe. I believe that Wynne would be the first to go, (laughs) but and, like, Cat Grant, obviously, but, like, you know, I'm like, come on. Kara didn't keep tabs on any of these people. It's ridiculous. I feel like that just was kind of like, oh, look, it just, it didn't work, okay? It didn't, didn't work. We'll never have this happen on the show. There you go. Because, you know, obviously, it happened on The Flash. It happened on Arrow, where all of these people are just revealing themselves as who they are. They're like, yeah, that can't work for Supergirl. Sorry. Uh, but I feel like it could, but whatever. So Kara's like, well, shit, maybe Lena's just better off if I never even met her. If we were never even friends, maybe Lena is better off. And Mixie's like, well, let's check it out. And Kara's like, no, I don't even want to see it. And then she's like, you know what? Just show me anyway. Just show me anyway. Roll the clip. And thus, we are transported to Doomworld, which, low-key... As much as I loved the absolutely happy, wonderful world of Perfect World that we just came from, I also really liked Doom World just because, it, obviously, it wasn't... It's not real, so obviously the show is not like this. But I really like the... I love to, like, explore alternate realities, you know, like, in shows, obviously, uh, where things have gone horrible horribly wrong. <laughs> you know, kind of like apocalyptic style stuff. So I really, really enjoyed that. So in Doom World, Mixie cannot use his fifth dimensional powers because Lena is using it to power her Lexo suits that are, you know, kind of uh, policing National City. Also, Who is letting Lena just have only National City on lockdown? Like, what is the President of the United States doing about this? Maybe it's Lex, and that's why, like, President Lex, and he's just letting Lena get away with it, I guess? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like the Hunger Games question, you know, like, where's the rest of the world when the hunger, when, like, the United States is having the Hunger Games? It's kind of like that. Um, it, it was very Hunger Games. Um, so the world is literally on fire. Like, the whole entire world is on fire. One of those so suits rolls up and Nia is like, uh, uh, uh. So she shoots it with her dream power, and Kara's like, man, this world sucks ass. And Nia's like, you don't know the half of it. (laughs) And it is so good. She's so good in this episode for as little time as we have her. Also, I will talk about it later, but Supergirl writers, you're not off the hook. Even though I liked this episode, you are not off the hook. Not a bit. Not at all. Anyway. (laughs) So... Uh, everyone's there Monel's there Whatever It doesn't matter They're all in the In the Tower Whatever It doesn't matter So Lena is a dictator now And Now she's Metallo Which we don't find out yet But you know We find out later So Lillian experimented on, on her After Lex blew up her Helicopter That is exactly how Katie McGraw pronounced it In the episode So I will never say Helicopter like that Ever again Helicopter From now Until forever Um, so, she not only has her Lexo suits running around, she also has Rain, which is awesome, and Brainy! She, like, aligned him so he has no emotions, and his little dots are red! (laughs) it was so good! Um, so then, also, Kelly is Guardian, but she doesn't get a full suit, which makes me think, obviously, they're not making Kelly Guardian as of right now. Hopefully, in Season 6, we'll see that. Please, for the love of God, I really... I need Kelly as Guardian. I really do. Because there's a sick, sick, sick fight scene where Kelly and Alex are working together and fighting together. It was so sick. It was so cool. And I want to see it again. I want to see more of it. And it would give the writers a reason to write Kelly into more scenes. So I just need that. Um, And also, if you're following me on Twitter, you know that I'm obsessed with Nia's scar. Nia has like an Anakin Skywalker style scar on her face, and it is so good. Oh God, it is awesome. I love scars for some reason. I think they look so cool. I think they add a lot to a character. Um, Especially because I love to draw, so I'm always just, like, putting scars on people. Like, I've drawn Morgana, like, fully, like, scarred out and stuff. And honestly, you know what? Nia had a better scar than Kylo Ren did, because that scar could have been sick. But it was wimpy. And Nia's was awesome. (laughs) So, I also, I miss Rain. I think I mentioned that before, but it's in my notes that it just says, I miss Rain, frowny face. So, I miss Rain. Um, and also, so Kara shows up to Catco, where Lena is stationed. And she's like, Lena, it's Supergirl. And then she says, it's, it's Kara. And Lena says, who's Kara? And, and Kara says, just a friend. And... Uh, Kara says that they want the same thing, to to do no harm and to protect people from harm. And Lena's like, then where were you? Where were you when my helicopter was blown out of of the sky? And my mother dragged my broken body to a lab to experiment on me for two years. You know nothing of pain, Supergirl. And then she opens her chest and she's Metallo. It was so good. Oh my god odd when I tell you that it was good it was good it was so good anyway (laughs) and then uh so Lena is also crying so in, in any and all realities Kara can make Lena cry even if they've never met before also I wanted to point out a parallel that was between Nia and Brainy and Kara and Lena. So between Brainy and Supercorp. So in this AU, um, obviously Brainy is aligned. So he has no emotion and, but they made it very clear that they used to date Brainy and Nia, um, kind of like in our world. And so, uh, Supergirl obviously shows up and she's like, it's Supergirl. And then she says, it's Kara. And then in the, between Brainy and Nia, Nia says, Brainy, it's me. It's, it's Nia. And it's just like, it's so good. When I tell you that it is so good, it is so good. But also, if it's not canon, like, if they're not planning to make Supercorp canon, then why do they keep putting all these parallels in? It's just hurting my heart, okay? It's just making me feel terrible. And also, I think it's really, I'm I'm really excited to see, like, kind of toward the end of the season, because obviously Brainy is working with Lex right now. And so Lena will most likely end up working with Lex as well, continuing to. Um... And so I think it'll be really, really cool for Nia and Kara to kind of have to fight for Lena and Brainy. Again, more parallels, you know, with the whole thing. <sighs> also, I wanted to mention that Doomworld is the only AU where Lena does not have her real heart. Because Lena's heart is good. Like, that's how I took it. Like, Lena has a good heart. And so, in the only reality where hers is missing, like, literally missing, like, it is replaced by a kryptonite stone, that is where she is quote-unquote evil. Even though she's, you know, she's only evil because she's been hurt and tortured so much, you know? And so, it was just really, really cool to be able to see you know, Lena, and to be able to find out that, like, hey, look, we gave you evil Lena, but we're not doing that here, like, in our show. Like, that's kind of what I took all of these things as, because obviously, you know, Super Corpse relationship can never be perfect the way that it was, you know, in the, in that perfect world, and it can never be like that on the show, because every relationship has drama, every relationship has trauma and trials and tribulations obviously on supergirl they do because brainy and nia can never stay together and you know whatever and obviously you know with um the doom world scene uh, i think that again that kind of goes to show that they don't really plan on making lena evil in the show because they're like look here's what she would be if she were evil enjoy So I also thought it was interesting that in this episode, they basically proved that a world where Kara and Lena, like, aren't friends, partners, like, literally whatever you want to call it, like, literally cannot possibly work. Like, that kind of world cannot work. So to make good on that idea and hopefully assure that the Supergirl world won't be in chaos for forever, Kara and Lena will have to make up by the end of the season. I think that that's where they're headed and that's what's going to happen. So Kara finds out at the end of all of this that actions have consequences. That is basically the main takeaway that she finds out, which is so stupid because I'm like, duh, Kara, actions have consequences. Like, things that you do affect people. Duh. Like, come on, girl, get it together. I know you've you've been on Earth for a long time now. Come on. <laughs> um, but now Kara says she's free of guilt. So Kara goes to Lena's apartment and Lena's just chilling. She's making tea. I think she's healing because otherwise she'd be drinking straight whiskey. I think that she slips some into her tea after Kara leaves, though. Um, so Kara just kind of stays on the balcony to have this talk, which has made people, uh, theorize on Twitter that it wasn't Kara at all, that it was Mixie who shapeshifted and showed up to cause a little trouble between Kara and Lena, which would be really interesting. Um, but, so anyway, the, the line that kind of soured the episode for quite a few people, um, myself included, because I definitely felt like, ew, that was a terrible way to end this episode. Um, is Kara says, if you decide to forgive me, I'll be there for you. But if you continue to work with Lex and go down this terrible path, I will treat you like any other villain. Which, you know what, is fair. It's fair. Because it's kind of bullshit, like Kara calling Lena a villain, but I mean, I understand where she's coming from, because Kara has kind of been a punching bag for Lena ever since Lena found out. And I hate that she's really not considering Lena's pain in this equation, it still makes sense because this kind of, like, is forcing Lena to take responsibility for her own actions because she is responsible for her own actions, she's an adult. Um, And I don't really see that as Kara giving up on Lena Um, and I really think she's just doing Lena a favor because this is making Lena look inward and try to make sense of her own actions without having Kara to blame or to say, like, to have her around in case she does something evil. Like, well, Kara will save me, you know, whatever, it's fine. And honestly, I do not blame the writers because they wrote this plot in a way that the plot literally cannot move forward unless someone makes a move. And so Kara had to budge and, like, take this, like, drastic measure to call Lena a villain because Lena wasn't going to take the first step. She's too stubborn. And I also think that, like... um that Lena has this complex, this inferiority complex and also this complex, you know, just like to prove people wrong. Um so Kara's saying like you're I will just treat you like any other villain. It kind of triggers triggered Lena's need to prove her wrong. Kara's smart as hell, y'all. Um yeah, and then So yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And yeah, so it's like I was saying earlier, this parallel between Batwoman and Supergirl and how they had similar endings is that both Alice and Lena want Kate and Carr to fight for them, yet they don't want to take responsibility for their actions because they've been hurt. They both have extreme trauma in their lives and stuff that they've dealt with but they really don't want to take responsibility for the things that they're doing. Because as as hurt as as you've been and as shitty as the world has treated you and as bad of a hand as you've been dealt, you still can choose to be better. Because, I mean, you kind of look at Kara and Kate in that sense. Like, obviously, Kate didn't go through the physical torture and the mental torture that Alice endured, but she also lost her mom and she lost her sister. She watched them die. She watched them float down a river and die. And her cousin didn't save them, you know? And so, same thing with Kara. Like, she watched her whole world explode. She moved to another planet when she was 12 years old. Like, you know, and Kara turned that hurt into help and hope. And so... It just is going to take a little bit more pushing to push Alice and Lena to that place of turning that pain into something good. And honestly, Lena thinks that she's turning her pain into something good. She's trying to make this device that, you know, will supposedly help people not hurt anybody anymore, but that's not the answer. And Lena has to realize that. And so I just, I love the parallels between Alice telling Kate that she wants her to fight for her uh, versus Lena's just, like, she looks heartbroken when Kara says, you know, that she's not gonna fight for her anymore, um, and I just, you know, I love to think of Lena double-crossing Lex and working with Brainy and stuff, so hopefully that happens, um, and yeah, also, at the end of the episode. Um, uh, really quick, though, more info on this Mixy theory. So he says he's gonna leave, but the last time that he said he was gonna leave, he was just hanging out in Car's fridge, um, so then this whole part of the episode felt extremely inconsistent with the tone that they had established throughout this whole damn thing. And so it felt, like, really out of place for Kara to just show up and be like, yeah, guess what, I'm not gonna fight for you anymore, F you, bye, Lena. It was just really weird, um... And so then, at the very end of the episode, we see Mixie's little fifth-dimensional energy floating around outside of Kara's window. And listen, I don't know if the Supergirl staff is that smart. I don't know if they're smart enough to write a story that complicated. But Kara also did not mention to Alex and Jean that she went to go see Lena or whatever. And that could have been a pivotal mistake on the part of, or just like something that needed to be cut for time, but it felt like something worth keeping in. (laughs) You know what I mean? So at the end of the episode, Alex, John, and Kara are all together in her apartment, and she says, you guys have been there since the first time that I ever went out as Supergirl. I love you guys. El Mayara, and they say stronger together. It's very sweet. It's super, super cheesy, but it's really cute. So... Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, we did not get a promo, (laughs) which, like I said earlier in the last episode, makes me think that they are totally and entirely reworking everything and anything to do with Kara and William. And honestly, after this episode, it's going to be extremely laughable if Supergirl decides to go down the Kara-William route after having their whole entire hundredth episode dedicated to Kara and Lena. Like, you're expecting me to care about this random-ass dude now that you've shown me all of this? Like, I don't care about that at all. Like, show me Kara and Lena. Show me all of this stuff. So, hopefully that means that they're reworking things that they don't want to put out a promo, because Batwoman put out a promo, so the episode won't, wear, won't air next week, but it will air the week after. Um, so that'll be really interesting, um, you know, to see what happens. Maybe some scenes will feel a bit choppy. There might even be reshoots in these episodes. We'll have to kind of keep a keen eye out. I'm sure that it won't be noticeable, but we'll have to see, you know, see what happens. Um, but I really genuinely hope that they do not go forward with uh, the William-Cara situation because it's just really stupid you can listen to me rant about it for two episodes the last two episodes um but I also wanted to say that because just because of this good episode does not mean that the supergirl writers are off the hook they still have to do better they have to do better in terms of representation and in terms of well representation for both lgbt characters and also just minority characters in general because not only is Kelly a woman of color, but she's also a lesbian. So, hello, you've got two, th- two minorities that you can represent here, but you're not. Because even in this episode, I, like, I get it, not many people besides Kara and Lena had a whole lot of screen time, so I don't think it's really fair to judge based on this episode, the 100th episode. But, like I said, I laid it out in the past couple of episodes, it's ridiculous how little screen time Kelly is getting, Um and same thing with Nia. It's it's ridiculous. She hardly has any screen time. I mean, we saw her use her dream powers in in this hundredth episode, and it was so cool. Like, why won't you show us that more? Like, why can't Kara and Nia go fight something sometime? Like, or you know, like I mentioned uh, not too long ago, like. If Kara and and Nia have to fight for Lena and Brainy, like, I'd love to see them work together. Like, just write Nia in. Like, fit her in somewhere, please. And I need Alex to have a more well-rounded storyline. She has not had an a consistent well-rounded storyline for a really long time and she really really deserves one and it's ridiculous that she doesn't have one. I hope that her leaving the DEO will provide the writers an opportunity to give her kind of this storyline, but I don't have a whole lot of hope. And uh yeah, so I also just want to let you know that there is a petition and I will link the petition both in the episode description for the podcast. So, on Spotify and on Apple Music, it'll be in the Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Um, it'll be in the description, um, the link, as well as it'll be um, in the description on YouTube. And I probably will pin a comment to my past two episodes as well. Um, saying that it's it's a petition that basically says we want better lgbt representation and better minority representation on supergirl it's basically saying you have to do a better job of representing nia kelly alex everybody and also it's saying that we want canon supercorp but not for ridiculous reasons for the fact that the queer bait has kind of gotten ridiculous at this point. And so, but even if you don't agree with the canon supercorp part, even if you care about Nia and Kelly and Alex, I really, really do encourage you to sign it. I, we have over 2,000, uh, signatures as, right now, as of the last time that I've checked. Um, and it's just a really important opportunity to make your voices heard kind of at the end. I'm not entirely sure when, uh, the, like, campaign will end, I guess, like, a month or so. Um, I think there are plans to mail it to the CW, mail it to, you know, executives and stuff like that, like, on paper, like, actually send a letter. So it'll be really, it'll be a really good opportunity just to, like, make our voices heard, Um, especially, you know, like I said, in terms of these LGBT characters and these people of color who constantly get shafted on the show. Um so like I said if if you feel very strongly about any of those things then go ahead give it a sign you know you don't have to donate any money don't have to do anything like that just fill in your name and you don't even have to put why you signed it just fill in your name it really it'll it, it's really cool I think it's a really cool opportunity to to make our voices heard so Like I said, it'll be in the description on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. I'll pin a comment to some old videos as well, if anyone's looking for it there. Um, Yeah, so, whew, I think that's it for today, guys. Kind of bummed that we don't have a promo to freak out about, but I'm also kind of happy because, god, that, like, week of- the, like, three weeks of torture between the one episode and then the Valentine episode was really terrible, so kind of glad that we don't have to freak out about an episode right now. So I will see you guys next week. Be sure to rate, like, subscribe, uh, comment, tweet me at televised pod, do all the things. And like I said, I will see you not next week, but the week after. Bye.